Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ranch on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming live on all those smart speakers like Amazon Echo and Google Home. The same stolen or illegally purchased guns are being used in crimes over and over and over again. And yet, Democrats are coming after your guns. Make sense of that. We'll try, because that's what's trending. What's trending in Seattle? The Seattle Police Department recovered over 700 guns this year. They recovered them from crime scenes, from arrests that they were making. And every single time they do that, they end up sending these guns. And really, even the shell casings, anything that they get to the crime lab for testing. And the testing can get a general sense of what the gun has been doing in the past. It leaves every time it fires a bullet, it leaves a fingerprint, as it were. And you can test that against other shell casings that maybe have the same fingerprint. And when you do that, and it's the same, you look at that and you say, hmm... It would appear that this gun has been used in more than just one crime. We're averaging a little over 300 uh, cases right now this year so far that have been used in two cases or more. We've recovered about 115 of those guns that have been used in two two or more cases. That's a lot. That's Adrian Diaz. He's the chief of police in Seattle. He's speaking to King 5. Now, many times these are guns that are stolen Many times these are guns that have been illegally purchased. They're not going to a store. They're not going to a gun show and taking advantage of a loophole. No, they're being sold on the black market. You steal the gun, then you sell the gun. And that's how it's getting into the hands, usually, of the criminals who end up using them. Sometimes people are using the gun and then moving it on to somebody else. Or sometimes you have somebody that's using the gun multiple times. Uh, to commit violence and potential homicides throughout the communities. Now, over the weekend, the long weekend, Seattle had a pretty awful set of murders, homicides. In fact, we are now very, very close to not just exceeding last year's 57, but if the pace continues, we will have the highest ever number of homicides in Seattle. Ever. So last year it was 57. The year before that it was uh, 58. Was that recent high? And by recent, I mean the last 26 years, that 58 number was a record high. But it didn't go as high as the all-time record back in 1994 of 69. Now we're at 55. And that's not including baby Quan, the fetus that is a life. That was murdered. Under Washington law, they don't consider that child a life. So we have 55 homicides so far. We're averaging about six and a half per month. Now, I'm not great with the math, but I do have access to a calculator. And I also sometimes look at the sun and the... Uh, shade that it sometimes provides, and you can tell all sorts of things from that. I've got one of those things with the little, uh, like the little balls on the line, and you can push them. What is that? An abacus? I have yeah. one of those. Abacus. An abacai. I have many, actually. Wow. I think they're called abacai. You sound very important. And we're going to exceed 69 if this trend continues. And over the weekend, we saw so many homicides. I don't know why anyone would assume we would not continue to see this trend. 
But you just heard what the chief said, right? We're talking about these guns that are used over and over and over again, many times more than twice. And that's just based on the evidence that, that they've been able to collect. And that's just based in crimes in Seattle, in Washington. I'm willing to bet that those guns have been used in many other crimes, including crimes where they don't actually fire it, but they use it as a way to intimidate a victim. Those guns, overwhelmingly, handguns. In fact, I'm not aware of a single homicide this year, or actually in recent memory, here in Seattle or just Washington state that was used with an AR-15 or a so-called assault weapon, which doesn't mean anything. It's the way that Democrats define scary looking guns. Sometimes they'll say military style. What is What does that mean? Do they use this in the military? No. So what do you mean it's a military style? What does that mean? Oh, it's just scary looking. You can see a troop using it at one point. Okay. They banned those guns. All across Washington State. We hear all about ghost guns and whatnot. Those are almost never used. Every once in a while it comes up in a story, but very rarely. The majority of the guns that are used by far are handguns. And the laws that they implement, the policies that they implement, go after your gun, my gun. Not the bad guy's gun. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, it's a part of the reason why we're seeing an increase in homicides. They're not doing anything to go after the criminal. They're doing everything to go after you and I, law-abiding gun owners. They view my Glock or your Sig Sauer, whatever it is you own, they use that to scare people about guns, and they use us to push forward with their ideological agenda that is anti-gun. And God forbid they go after criminals. God forbid they use the term gangs. You're not allowed to say that term. It's offensive to someone who I'm not sure. Some white woman on, in Kirkland who's got a BLM sign still on her lawn. That's what they're doing. And as they're coming after us and they're ignoring the people behind the murders, well, guess what? The people behind the murders just continue to act out. They continue to shoot. They continue to kill. They continue to rob, carjack, whatever it is. They continue that behavior because they are not the focus coming from this city or this county or, frankly, this state. Because Democrats are in charge. Elections have consequences. You would think that after a weekend which is with as much death as this past, you would expect that maybe someone who cares would stand up and say, I have a plan. To end this scourge of gun violence. Except all they do is say, well, they'll come after the law-abiding gun owners. And they will never, ever, ever, ever change. That's the unfortunate reality. Maybe they change some of the way they speak about the issue, but they're never going to change when it comes to their actions. They will never truly be interested in going after the criminals because they are not motivated by an ideology that places the blame where it belongs. It is a, a fault of their character. And the thing is, I'm not upset with that because I understand it. I understand what they're, where they're coming from. They hold a view that I disagree with, that I find to be disturbing, but I get it, right? I'm not shocked 
when I don't get a plan from a mayor or a council member or state lawmaker or a governor after all of this violence because I don't expect it. I know how they think. I disagree with how they think, but I know how they think. And because they're never going to change, that's on us. That's on voters. That's all on voters, every single one. You're either going to change for them or you're going to continue to get what we've been getting. That's about that. That is the the reality in which we live. So make a decision. If you're okay continuing to go down this path while these people pretend that it's not an issue, or actually step up and do something to make sure that these people aren't getting reelected and the people who are replacing them aren't basically the same person just with a different name and a slightly different nose because they do kind of look the same. Dan Strauss and Andrew Lewis kind of look dopey. They, they definitely do. do. They do. They got that dopey look on their face like they fell off of a swing when they were younger. Push the button. What's Don't give me that look. On the road. It's Am I wrong? I didn't say you were wrong. They both look like they were bullied <laughs> in a park. <laughs> all they were doing is, I just want to be on the seesaw. And then all of a sudden, the big redheaded kid comes over, steals their lunch money, and punches them in the face. That's what they look like. I'm not shaming them for that. The bu- I'm, I shame the bully. If anything, the bully is the reason why they're the way that they are. Did you have a big redheaded bully? or were, No, you were a bully. I was the bully. Are yeah, that out of checks your out. Mind? That checks out. The Washington State Patrol says troopers in King County arrested 26 people for DUI over this Labor Day weekend. King 5 is reporting that since Friday, troopers responded to 114 collisions, including a motorcycle injury collision on Saturday that was really serious. It happened on I-5 North right by the convention center. Then yesterday morning, you had a suspected DUI that injured seven people. The driver apparently was driving the wrong way at the time of the accident. We're not entirely sure if this person drove the wrong way from an on-ramp or somehow made a U-turn on I-5, according to the Washington State Patrol. We just know that this is what they say happened. You had another suspected DUI crash that shut down State Route 99 around five hours yesterday morning. Max was apparently caught as a drunk driver in a King 5 piece. So I'm not quite sure what was going on. I don't think that's what that was. Were you featured in this video about drunk drivers? Uh, I was. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not asking any questions. feels like HR might frown upon that. If you want to drive drunk... You're going to suffer consequences, is all I'm saying. You should not do that. It was it was 10 a.m. yesterday. Look, if you want to drink that early, again, that's just on you. I would just prefer you not do it behind the wheel of your car. Noted. Okay? Because if you get into an accident, you do not have the money to fix that car. It's fair. Just saying. Throwing that out there. Video it horizontally, right? How were you were in this piece? Yeah. It was the one, the I-5 one. Where they shut down like every lane leading up to the Mercer Street exit, and I was coming back from the east side, and everybody was uh, turning on to the on ramp to exit because there was no way to move forward. So mm-hmm. I followed some people, and King Five happened to film my illegal driving act. I didn't see it. They must have filmed it from somebody's car. I didn't see mm-hmm. a news truck or something. Mm-hmm. It's so. not about King Five. It's about your actions. Well, I understand your actions. I didn't get a ticket. Don't was, get mad because you got caught. I, so I told one of our traffic reporters about this, and she said, well, who's going to arrest you or give you a ticket? Well, there's such a thing as a citizen's arrest. Well. 
and you have a citizen here who doesn't particularly like you. It's fair. Just throwing that out there. Here's Trooper Chelsea Dehart talking about the factors that led to the uptick in not just DUIs, but these crashes. We do tend to have many fatality collisions over the weekend. People aren't increasing their falling distance, they speed, and then there are parties that people celebrate during Labor Day weekend. So then you have the impairment aspect as well. Here's something I legitimately kind of got confused by, I guess. I, I, I don't get shocked that people drink during the weekends, right? It's what you do. Labor Day doesn't seem like a drinking holiday. I guess I never, it doesn't shock me that people got drunk over the long weekend, but I usually attribute that to like July 4th, where you know people are out partying. Do people do that on Labor Day? I did nothing yesterday but watch TV. Well, that's on you first. Uh, I don't drink. I mean, it's a barbecue kind of holiday. Is it Labor Day is? Yeah. Well, is it Labor Day or is it the last day of, or the last weekend of summer, I guess? Well, yeah, whatever. But I mean, that's the same thing. And I think it's just because people have an extra day off from work. Mm -hmm. So there's one more day for them to go out drinking on the weekend. Being a degenerate drunk? Yeah. Okay. Did you drink? Not like that. See? It's Labor Day. Who cares? I was just happy to not have to be here. I So the one thing, and then we'll get back to the show. The one thing I don't like about three-day weekends is that they end. And you have to come back on the Tuesday. And it just doesn't feel right. And your whole week is then thrown off. And maybe it's like this kind of hackneyed complaint to make. Everyone complains about this, I guess. But you feel like today is Monday. You're going to, on Friday, by Friday, you'll finally, in the morning, feel ready to commit to the job, only to then realize it's Friday and then be as inefficient as you normally are, right? No one was efficient today. Not a single person who didn't work, who had yesterday off, came to the office today, other than me, because I'm just, I have a better work ethic than most people, um, and that's just due to me being better than everyone. I don't think anyone today got into the office and was as efficient as they normally would be on a Tuesday. Because on Monday mornings, we're like, eh, okay, we're going to start the week. But you realize you have to do that every Monday. And then we get the Monday off, and then all of a sudden, like, ooh, I'm not going to get into the headspace of going back into the office. And it just throws everything. Friday morning, maybe Thursday afternoon, everyone returns to peak efficiency. So just take the whole week off. Well, I'm on board for that. Right? But I feel like I show up on Monday mornings or Tuesday mornings today vibrant and full of life. Yeah, and what do I do that with that if I see it? I oh, it. yeah, it, it, pretty instantly. Within like the record is like thirteen minutes of still having vibrancy. Thirteen minutes? Yeah, that's too much. Well, you, so I said you that's the record. You normally yeah. dash my hopes for the day pretty early on. Yeah, I try to have seconds involved, not minutes. Certainly not double digit. Oh, I will. Here's something I vow: I will do better. Thank you. I, I appreciate. Will, that. I will do better. Push the button. What's trending? National. Bill Maher went on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan, I don't quite understand. I, you know, he is what it is. He is. I, I don't. I'm not amused nor turned off. I just don't quite understand the fascination with him. Bill Maher, I get. Bill Maher to me is fascinating because as much as I can wholly disagree with everything he says in one moment, I will then cheer him on. In another moment, this is a guy who is a classic liberal. He is a Democrat. 
if you were back in the 1990s to early 2000s and you said Democrat, you would think of someone like Bill Maher, who has held on to his liberal beliefs while also rejecting the lunacy of the radical left. He just says, eh, I can't do this. This is crazy. And he rightly points out the inconsistencies and the just flat out insanity coming from progressives now. And he focused a little bit about this conversation. He focused on this obsession on race, just an absolute obsession coming from folks on the radical left, the progressives who wake up thinking about race, go to bed thinking about race. That's all that they're capable of doing. And every once in a while, they'll throw in some obsession about gender identity, but they're just focused on identity in general. And he called it out. I have always believed, as liberals do, for example, in a colorblind society, that the goal is to not see race at all anywhere for any reason. Yes. That's what liberals always believed all the way through. Obama, going back, Kennedy, everybody, Martin Luther King. That's not what the woke believe. They believe race is first and foremost the thing you should always see everywhere, which I find interesting because that used to be the position of the Ku Klux Klan, that we see race first and foremost everywhere. The only thing I I quibble with a little bit is that I don't think Republicans thought any differently at, at any point, right? I mean, everyone in contemporary society, we all have sort of grown up with this belief post MLK. The reason why he's such an important figure was he had such an inspirational message that resonated with everyone where we should not be judging people by the color of their skin, but by the content of the character. It was something that was seen as a societal ideal. That's what everyone wanted, or at least that's what they said they wanted. And then all of a sudden it completely shifted where only now one side, and I I will say this, I think Democrats and Republicans are normal on this. It's the progressives that are on the fringes. The problem is the progressive movement has a heck of a lot of control on culture, whether that means entertainment industry or just the news, what you see on TV or read in newspapers or in magazines or on websites. The progressives have that power and they are singularly focused on viewing everything through a racial lens. However, as Bill Maher points out, they're awfully quiet when it comes to one particular angle to their race obsession. Murders have been happening way out of control in Chicago uh, among the African-American community for far too long and not really reported in the same way, in the way that they should be. It, right. It's amazing how uh, black lives don't seem to matter when they're taken by black lives. Right. Uh, but, but I mean, now, Chicago, my friends who live there say it's not safe anywhere. Yeah, it's very sketchy. Very sketchy. And that's Chicago. So you're obsessed with race, but when it comes to black-on-black crime, which is the majority of crime that takes the lives of black Americans, silence. That's odd, right? And they never quite explain it. The only thing they sometimes do is dismiss it. When someone points it out and they try to pretend that you're racist for pointing this out and that you're only claiming and they usually do this towards conservatives, mostly because conservatives are the only one pointing this out. 
they'll, they'll say something along the lines of you only care about that when you can dismiss a story about a white person killing a black person, which I always love it when I get hit with that because I talk about this issue every single week on Fox News. Every single week. We talk about it on this show all the time. But on television, I talk about this issue. In particular, Chicago. We'll throw in Atlanta, D.C., Philadelphia, San Francisco. But I'm mostly talking about black victims. And yet, folks on the left don't seem to be all that interested in it. And sometimes, disingenuously, they will come back and say, well, what about white-on-white crime? I don't ever hear you talking about that. And my response is, well, number one, I'm not the one screaming that black lives matter. You are screaming that black lives matter, and yet you're ignoring the black lives. I'm saying all lives matter, and I'm quite literally talking about all criminal victims. It just so happens that the community that is, quote unquote, disproportionately impacted happens to be black Americans. So why is it that I'm talking about it as this white supremacist Republican? Why is it that I talk about it more? than the folks on the left who claim that Black Lives Matter. And when will you actually answer that question, dear radical leftist? I'd love to know. Maybe you could read my book because I call you guys out a lot. Maybe you should buy my book. Not only does that inform you, but I get paid to almost, it's almost like shaming someone to their face, but having me get, it's like those dinners where white women get together and they hire a black person to tell them they're all racist. Remember those dinners? I can't remember what those are called. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You remember what I'm talking about, right? And they paid like 10 grand a person to sit at these dinners. I I will do that, except you can – it's not 10 grand. My book is like $25 or whatever on Amazon. It's called What's Killing America Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities. We had a very good pre-sale weekend. I hope to continue that on Amazon. It's available in hardcover, which is what I prefer you purchase. And if you're really feeling generous, get the hardcover and the audiobook. And if you're really generous, get all of that plus the ebook. Then there's no other way that you can get the content. You've got it all for any mood that you happen to be in. What about paperback? Well, if we sell enough, it'll get to paperback, but we don't go immediately to paperback. 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. You are living, listening to, living. I going to say you're living the Jason Ranch show, which, hey, I kind of like that, actually. You're living the Jason Ranch show. AM 770 KTTH app in your Apple or Android app store or at KTTH.com. Sammamish, Kent, Olympia, Everett. This is the big local on the Jason Ranch Show. Centralia, Lakewood. Stories about you, not about Seattle. Hey, look at that, 4.30 on a weekday afternoon. That means it's time for the big local brought to you by Alpine Specialty Services. They're online at alpineclean.com. This is the part of the show where we completely ignore stories coming out of Seattle and instead... Focus all of our attention on the communities you live in and care about most. We start in Clallam County because the Sheriff's Department ended up having deputies get pulled into a pursuit. All with a wanted suspect. Happened on Friday evening. The guy ended up fleeing in a U-Haul truck, according to the Sheriff's Department. They say they got an anonymous tip around 10 p.m. that... A dude named Andrew Benson was at a home in Port Angeles. Now, Benson 
according to King 5, had an outstanding Department of Corrections warrant and a probable cause issued by the Sheriff's Department in connection to a case of motor vehicle theft and illusion. Illusion, not an illusion. Just FYI. Like eluding, not illusion. Like, um, like a magic trick. So he did do magic? I mean, he might have done magic. Okay. He did make that would a, make this more fun. He made a baggie of drugs apparently disappear. So we'll get there. Into you that go. In a you should have led with that. Uh, th- so this deputy gets to the home where the guy's supposed to be at. They th- this guy found both Benson and an unidentified woman in the driver and passenger seats of a U-Haul truck. So the deputy was like, "Get out of that truck!" And the woman was all like, "Okay, sir." And she got out, but Benson was all like, "No." I'm just going to drive off. So that's what he did, according to the deputies. I added the 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 quotes, though, the dialogue. I, I made that part up. So they end up seeing this guy speed off. Sheriff's office said that while he was driving this U-Haul, he was, quote, exhibiting possible signs of impairment, according to King 5, including crossing the center line, going the wrong way down a one-way road, and nearly colliding with and forcing other drivers off of the road. Now, that's important because a DUI, probable cause for a DUI, gives officers, law enforcement, the ability to pursue. That's one of the carve-outs in the bill. So they end up pursuing. Eventually, they catch up to this guy. He pulls over, he tries to flee on foot, he jumps over an embankment, but as he's doing it, the deputy grabbed onto his shirt, which threw him off, which got the guy Benson, he fell 10 feet. (laughs) And then he died. I made that last part. He's fine. I mean, I don't know if he's fine, but he's not dead. He's alive. So they ended up arresting him. They took him into custody. He was later booked into Clallam County Jail on charges of eluding a police vehicle, DUI, and drugs resisting arrest, obstructing a law enforcement officer, reckless endangerment, and driving while having a license suspended in the third degree. So they say he swallowed a bag of drugs when they finally tracked him down. So he did make the drugs disappear. They didn't say what kind of drugs. Illusion and illusion. Illusion and illusion. Get it? Illusion what, and illusion. Was this King 5? That's what their headline should have been. Yeah, illusion and illusion. I don't want to narc on law enforcement. However, and let me give me one well, let me give one more caveat. I 100% support this as a, a strategy. And even in this case, I don't think it applies. However, I've been seeing a lot of stories about pursuits in which they say, we suspected DUI. (laughs) And I don't know if I always believe that they legitimately suspected DUI. And I wonder if some of it is just saying, well, you can't prove I didn't suspect DUI because it gives you the legal authority to pursue. Now, I say this again, not being a narc and completely supporting that strategy because I trust law enforcement officers to use their judgment, use their training to decide whether or not it's appropriate and safe to pursue. I'm all for it, but I am starting to wonder if others are going to start picking up on it. In fact, I'm surprised no one has made that accusation yet because there have definitely been stories. I'm picking this story because I don't suspect it was the case here because the guy had drugs in his system, according to the deputies. 
granted it was in a baggie allegedly but i'm assuming maybe there was more other times i've read these stories and I'm like, mm, i think they're fibbing a little bit you don't need to give anybody any ideas no i'm saying hey law enforcement if you didn't have that idea feel free to take it again use your judgment be safe and we're going to erase this from the podcast and everyone's memory so that no one realize, you know, remembers that I said that. But I'm totally okay with that. I, you know what? If you have a way to get out of a law that makes us all less safe and you think you can do it safely, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be upset. Just don't get caught. How they would catch you, I don't know. Maybe don't say on your body camera, hey, Joe, partner. That's his partner's name. Let's pretend it's a DOI and let's go get him. Light him up. Don't do that. Maybe give a, a knowing glance. Even Don't even do that because they'll catch that too. Don't do the knowing glance. Riders on the Wildcat roller coaster at the Puyallup Fair. Not the Washington State Fair. We do the Puyallup on this show. It got stuck after hitting another car on Friday. I saw a video over the weekend. It was originally posted to TikTok, but it made its way onto X because I don't have TikTok. And it showed staff members with the fair walking onto the tracks, like the support system around the tracks, whatever that's called, pushing the the car on the, the tracks to go over one hill. So once it goes down or once, you know, once it goes down the the, the hill or whatever it is, I don't know the technical language for anything associated with roller coasters. I'm not even sure they're cars. I'm assuming they are. And they struggled a little bit in getting it up over the little hump. But they eventually did. No thanks to the annoying woman who was cheering them on in the background. You got it, guys! Yeah, it's not helping. This is not... You're just annoying them. Now they just feel like they're under increased pressure. You got it, guys! They're going to get it with or without you. So just shut up and take video so it's easier for us to, to get through. Did you see this video? Was I the only person who was wondering whether or not just going over that one little hump would be enough to get them to the end of the track? Yeah, I wasn't sh- Right? I, I felt like you needed sure. a little bit more momentum at that point. It wasn't it wasn't at the beginning of the the ride. It was towards probably the the last quarter or so. Yeah. And so I was thinking at that point do you not need a little bit more momentum from all of the other dips and dives? But it, it made it all the way. In fact, it came in rather hot. I thought it was going to crash on the other end. You a big roller coaster guy? No. Is you know it, why? Why? Number one, I'm an adult. And number two, I would never go on any ride at any fair. God bless the Puyallup Fair. And every fair that we... What's the one in Monroe? God bless you all. Is that Evergreen State? Evergreen State Fair. Thank you. Or the Monroe Fair. We do the Monroe on this show. I will never, ever, ever step foot on a single ride because it's at a fair. I, there's nothing about it that looks safe to me. Do you know the one in Puyallup that... It's kind of the space needle structure where you're just boomed up into the air, whatever that thing is called. Oh, yeah, well, the one that like jolts you up yeah. and down. That sounds awful. Not a chance on God's beautiful green earth would I ever step foot on the line to get onto that ride. Not a chance. It all looks like it's going to crumble. That's part of the allure of a fair, that it's not Disney, right? That it's not this high-end magical experience. It looks like some carny put something together. 
and is like two seconds away, one one breeze, one draft away from falling over. That's the charm. I'll watch other people go on it, secretly wondering if it's going to fall, but I would never go on it. And I'll go and I'll basically, I go there for a scone. I go, or seven. I go there for the, what's that burger? The monster burger? The, the quake, earthquake burger? I don't know what you're talking about. That thing that you don't know. And to see the little pigs. Because they're so adorable. No funnel cake? Eh, funnel cake's a little overrated. No, it's not. I think it's mm. underrated. Scones. Once you trust me, when you have seven scones, you're done. Okay. You're done. I mean, fair. You're not having a fennel cake or funnel, whatever it is. You're not having that. You're going for the scones. Who goes for? You don't go for the scones. No, I mean, I haven't been to the Puyallup since I was a, you? since I was a kid. Yeah, but when you went as a kid, didn't you go there for the scones like every other human being? No, I'd go for the funnel cake and to go down the, the little That's slide weird. thing. In That's the pota- weird. The slide thing in the potato mm. sacks. That was great. I don't can't think it's not great. potato sack anymore. Why? Well, it's that it's offend- white supremacy. Or yeah, I, I figure there's something there that. Yeah. I don't think I don't remember a potato sack the last time. I Now, granted, I haven't been there in a while, but I went as an adult. I must have been the last time I was there. Maybe I was maybe 30. Uh, that's going back a ways, huh? Yeah. Like actually in the future, because I'm 28. I'm 28. So two years from now was the last time I went. Got that? Finally, tomorrow morning marks the start of classes in Puyallup. But the bus schedule is different. And as a result, the school start times for a lot of students are different because they don't have enough bus drivers. And thus, rather than doing some hard work and coming up with some kind of reasonable solution, they decide to do something completely unreasonable, burdening the parents, trying to figure out now what they're going to do with their kid in the time that they did not expect to have them, nor at the new time that they're going to pick people up. Because there are some elementary schools getting out later. 3.51 p.m., which is also just weird. 51. Why not just 50? Or just go to 4, man. Just go to 4. Give them an extra 10 minutes in recess or lunch. Just go to 4. 3.51. A bunch of schools, elementary schools, now get out of 3.51, including Edgerton Elementary. Go Wolves! Spinning Elementary. Go Vikings! Ridgecrest, go Raiders! And Pope, home of the Thunderbirds. People know me for being able to guess accurately populations, but I also now know over the weekend I studied every single elementary school mascot. Haven't gotten to high schools yet, although I know Puyallup High School is also the, isn't they also the Vikings? I think. Right? What about spinning? Why don't you do a better job? Get a new one. Are we allowed to have Vikings anymore, or is that also racist? I don't know. That was my, my high school was the Vikings. Yeah, that's too, it's too... Seems like there's some cultural appropriation angle there. Wait, what culture are you stealing? The the white people? The Norwegians? Oh, oh no, the the Norwegians. (laughs) Norwegians? Is it Norwegians? I think so. Is that what they're called? I, I would believe so, yes. I mean, I don't care. They're white, so you can steal their culture. That's according to the progressive rules. When we come back, you pick the news. Story number one. And let's just be honest. You're going to pick story number one. I don't even know why I'm giving you the vote. Story number one. Delta flight from Atlanta returns to sender after a passenger suffers a diarrhea biohazard on the plane. Or story number two, something a little bit more serious. Philadelphia Police Commissioner resigns 
amid the crime wave. And she has a Pacific Northwest connection. What is it? You'll never know unless you Google it yourself, because we know you're voting for the Delta diarrhea story. 1-800-465-8770 for your texts. Pick the topic on the Jason Rand Show. Indeed, you do. And unsurprisingly, you went with a pretty crappy situation out in the world of Delta. My favorite, absolute favorite airplane carrier. But they had a little bit of a situation. Just, just a little bit. The story comes from Fox in Atlanta. They say a Delta pilot allegedly had to make an emergency landing back to the origin city when a passenger's loose bowels resulted in diarrhea all the way through the plane. Now, there's supposedly a snippet of the pilot's call that was shared to social media. And uh, should we just dive in and listen? Yeah. Do yeah, I have yeah. to give any sort of warning? No, I th- it's pretty self-explanatory. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to have you play it because it turns out the person who posted it blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. I don't even know this person. They preemptively blocked me. That's funny. That is funny. Okay. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, We've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. Negative. It's just a... Oh, God. All throughout the plane. (laughs) Like, how did that happen? Now, Delta has not confirmed the diarrhea detail, but they did give a statement. (laughs) Delta Flight 194 from Atlanta to Barcelona returned to Atlanta following an onboard medical issue. Our teams worked as quickly and safely as possible to get our customers to their final destination. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the delay and the incontinence, excuse me, inconvenience to their travel plans. How far along, they couldn't have been that far if they turned around and returned to Atlanta, right? If it was an emergency that was medical in nature, as in someone was, you know, dying, they would have, you know, landed at the closest airport that could have handled them. But... Here's what I want you to think about for a moment. What's the piece of of thingy that's between our land and European land? It's a lot of water. Yeah? Yes. At some point, you go far into that area, and it's kind of far away from land. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, with the exception of, like, Iceland, right, or there's some space, but there's a lot of, like, unsuitable spots to land. You're not going to yes, you know, land on the ocean. So consider this. This is Jason Glass, half full rant speaking. You got lucky. It could have been way worse. I, I guess so. Right? It, it could have about- been to the point of no return. That, sorry, folks, we're just going to have to keep on going along. They don't explain in this story the details as to how this occurred. Because I could read this one of two ways. Number one, it was an issue with the bathroom overflowing of something going wrong with the plumbing causing this. But 
the audio, and let's play it one more time, does not give me the impression that's what we're dealing with. To me, it kind of sounds like it was a person who was just... Negative, it's just yeah. a... A biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane. So yeah. they want us to come back to Atlanta. Hold on. They want us to come back. Yeah, I, I would expect everyone on that plane wanting to you, wanting you to go back and land that plane, because there's a dude diarrheaing everywhere. I, Spell that. Just uh, the the smell is the detail that keeps just <laughs> just being trapped in a a tube with that. Because there's nothing you can do with that. I know that you recirculate the air a lot, which is good if it's gas, right? But this is it. You're not recirculating the poop, right? It, it's just there. And I guess I don't understand all through. Like, is he exaggerating, or was there like a flood of of diarrhea? Well, what if everywhere? it's a I'm trying to get to the back of the plane and I didn't make it kind of deal? But That's he said my everywhere. Best. Is it multiple people involved? No, it it was one person, but it makes it sound like, you know how sometimes a dog will like poop while walking a little bit? Well, yeah, that's, yeah. Maybe that's what happened, but in human form, but for the entirety of the plane. And imagine yeah, you paid all rough. that money for Delta One suites and you're stuck in the poop uh, mobile. Oh my God. I'm looking at, I, I pulled up the map. It doesn't look like they got that far i don't even it doesn't even look like they got that far past georgia right it looks like what one of the carolinas and then it turned around other than that though it was a smooth flight there was <laughs> no issue do you get on the next plane and eat immediately like, what happens Ugh.